So how do you actually deal with pressure now that you're where you are now? I'm sure that you've got loads of things in your mind, but also expectations for yourself as well as other people having expectations for you. Like I can imagine it can be a lot. So Yeah. Yeah. And 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 yeah, to be completely honest, it is it is a lot. <laughs> um yeah. I don't always sleep well at night. Um so I have to kind of work work on myself. So very practical things like you know, when do you get your time away from work? When do you allow yourself to switch off? Um, what's really important? Are you speaking to your kids? You know, are you speaking to your, your children? Are you being there for your children? Are you being there for your wife, your partner? Are you being there for them? Um, that's really, really important. And all of those things contribute to you being in the best possible state of mind, mentally being in the best physical place in terms of um, having the, the, the physical strength to be able to get up and do the things that you need to do and to be able to handle pressure. Um, pressure is a privilege. You know, you're only under pressure with certain things because you've worked it to get to a particular space where people trust you to be able to take on the pressure of delivering something that is seen as highly significant uh, by the industry, by your community. Mm. So uh, for me, you know, never take your eye off the fact that um, you've got to look after yourself in this because if you kind of aren't at it, if you're not really kind of feeling strong and um, intentional in all the things you're doing and feeling like you're following a strategy then how can you expect people that follow you that are kind of within your team in delivering things or communities that are believing in you how how, how can they kind of buy into what you're doing if you're not looking after yourself so mm. i'm not saying i'm great at that <laughs> because i throw myself in and i work myself to the ground until it's done but actually that's not sustainable so the things I'm working on um, myself is how do I make sure I turn up at my desk, I turn up at meetings in the best possible shape to make sure I'm maximising the most of that um, yeah. and to make sure that I'm as on the ball and ready as I can possibly be. And um, it's not always easy when you're trying to do a lot of things because you yeah. love what you do. And ultimately... I am anchored in what I love, what I do. I, I am. I love what I do. I absolutely love the work that I deliver. I love the fact that I'm in the football industry, the sports industry, and while I'm kind of pointing at the problems in the industry, I'm also pointing at solutions. Um, so sometimes I think people can misunderstand me as maybe being a bit of a misery monger <laughs> because I'm talking about things that are going wrong. Yeah. But actually, people are listening to me. I'm talking about the solutions as well, and. Um, it's a great privilege to be involved in the industry. And I just hope lots of people from our communities um, up and down the country, around the world, get involved in football because the black community is massively underrepresented outside the field of play. Um, but there's a lot of good work that's beginning to kind of like make an impact now that hopefully will change that. Yeah, you just touched upon something that I wanted to speak about, actually, mindset. So you mentioned that that's something you're working on, something to do with maximising the mind and so on but I was just thinking about with all those obstacles and um, duties to do like how is your mindset and like, what's the ideal mindset to to have when it comes to success and how do you invest in your mindset yeah. I mean I think that's something I'm learning about all the time I think my yeah. default position is I have to do it like I've got this rule it's a, it's a, it's a silly rule really but it's something that kind of maybe kind of talks to my personality and, and the way that I am. If I say it out loud, I have to do it. Yeah. And 
I don't have to say everything that I'm thinking about out loud, by the way. But if I say it out loud, I have to do it. I have to do. I have to do it because it's it's it's. I've committed to it. I've committed it. I've committed to it to the world. So if I've said I'm going to do it, then trust me, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to do it. Um, and my success rate is pretty high um, in in what I've managed to do so far with brilliant mm. people. But I, I I think it's just you know I. The, the, the way I've kind of found the work and the things that I've done is I've just thought, why is no one doing this? Like, this doesn't feel like a real amazing, like, it's an amazing idea, but why is no one else doing this? And then it's, yeah. um, there's the opportunity. And then it's, well, I have to do it now. I have to deliver on it because otherwise I'll never know. So I don't know if that's a mindset I don't know if that's an innate thing that's within me and others who are listening to this can relate to it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I kind of have this this kind of like burning fire within me that's like, I have to do it. And I'll sit at this desk until three, four in the morning. And I know I shouldn't mm. say that. That's not what <laughs> I should talk to people, but it's yeah. just where my is. I become obsessed. I become obsessed with getting something over the line. I won't... I won't fall short. Um, yeah. I might not do it again. It might be that actually that process takes me to a place where it was like, that's too much hard work. It's not working. It's not sustainable. So the right decision for me on this is to actually say, I enjoyed doing that, but I'm not going to do it again. It might mm. be that. Or it might be, wow, this is stage one of 10. And I can see where this is going to end up if I get these steps right. Yeah. Um, but you're really that, just testing yourself. You're yeah, really it. yeah, yeah. It's, it's all rooted in this kind of like, you know, I don't want to use swear words in here, but um, this this kind of like sense of f you, I'm going to do it. Yeah, and that's just a very personal thing. That's nothing I'd like to teach to anybody else. Yeah, um, I don't think that's necessarily a healthy thing all the time. But for, for me, that's a very honest answer to where it comes from. Hmm. So in terms of like um, opening doors for others, like where where did that come from, that passion? Um, because that's something that you've really been doing and that hats off to you. It's really good. Um, and that's really um, creating opportunities for a lot of people. Um, so yeah, where did that come from? For, for, for me, I, I, I get so much pleasure and joy and I get so much from the, from, 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 seeing people doing well like yeah genuinely like if i can open a door for somebody and they can go on and smash it and then have a great life i mean i get so much from that i get like there's no money in the world that would make me feel that good um i i i, I just think why wouldn't you that, that that's the that's the that's the thought i have if i know somebody in the music industry for example and someone tells me they want to get into the music industry then why why wouldn't I connect two good people? Um, and I know that's what a lot of people do. Um, so taking that kind of basic kind of premise, like as I am in a privileged position to know a lot of people across the sports and media industry, why wouldn't I attempt to pull together 20, 30 people and regularly get people in contact and do that? So 
that's the masterclasses, right? Mm. So why, why wouldn't I do that? Um, why wouldn't we pull t- the industry together for a conference? Why wouldn't I do that? You know, why wouldn't I speak to Nike or Facebook or News UK or ITV Sport about how we can formalize a partnership to help young people who are underrepresented get into the media? It's like, it, 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 it's, it's for me, I just get so much joy from seeing the progress of people on these programs. Um, that it that it's 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 a blessing to be able to do that, yeah. um, and I I ask myself why don't other people do that more? And I I, I, I sometimes kind of get the, the impression that it's it's a very understandable answer. They're just busy living their lives, you know. Yeah. They're busy doing things with their kids and they're busy doing things with their families. So I, I wouldn't ever knock anyone for not doing what I and others in Beacons are doing. But yeah. for me, I think that's the thing. Fun. Yeah. Sorry, go on. No, but for me, it just feels like it—it—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a duty, but mm. but it's not a duty I expect of others. Um, or or people are doing it, but then they're, they're not kind of formalising it, maybe. So I've kind of felt through Becoms, it needs a name, it needs a logo, it needs a website, it needs kind of a foundation to make the biggest impact possible. Um, other people are doing similar things, maybe on a smaller scale, maybe on a larger scale, but just without those things in place. Mm. Um, but giving back is the biggest, biggest, biggest privilege. Um, and I don't want it to sound like charity because I get loads from it. For me to have yeah. interact with these incredible young people gets me into a place where I am understanding and I become a relevant leader because I'm listening to people who have an experience, who have skills, who have information that I don't have. When, some, when a big TV executive or a big person in the sports industry comes to me and goes, yeah, it'd be good to know what's going on with 20 to 25-year-olds because that's like a really key group of people that we need to work with. I can give a sense of what I'm feeling from 20 to 25-year-olds because I've been speaking to them through BCOMs, been speaking to them through Football Blacklist and lots of different initiatives. Um, so actually, those people are giving to me. Um, so it's a two-way street in terms yeah, yeah. of how... Um, so I am kept relevant by that work as well as helping those people have opportunities and those opportunities trust me you just open the door you can't do the work for them Mm. so they go in they smash up the place with their skills and as a result of that they go on to be the next generation of leaders which we're already seeing yeah like you said I also feel like they don't have to open doors for others and so I feel like that's what um, strikes me the most that you have still done it because you don't have to do it as well you've got your own things to, to worry about but you've really just continuously opened the door for other people and in a way that is the only way for us to grow as people for someone to eventually keep opening the door for others once you get there whether it's like offering information um, or c- connections and so on so I'm really happy that that's what you've been doing and um I know some people don't believe in, I guess they phrase it as handouts in a way, <laughs> but um, I don't know what your opinion is of that. Handouts. No, I mean, look, you know, yeah. everybody's had a, literally everybody has had a step up in yeah. the media industry. Somebody's done them a good turn. Um, and when I say everybody, I'm talking mainly at leadership level. Um, some people have helped them along the way. So we all need to get over this. I don't want handouts. I don't want help. 
a lot of people now are saying, I don't want to be selected just because I'm from an underrepresented group. I want to be there on merit. Like, trust me, you're there on merit because but the people who were there before, you know, were they given handouts? Were they given leg ups? Absolutely. They were interviewed by people who looked and sounded like them who said, oh, you're a younger version of me. I think you would be good to have this job. So they've been given handouts. Um, the people who haven't looked and sounded like the people doing the interviewing, quite frankly, have always been up against it because mm. people, people recruit in the best image of themselves. Like, we know this. This is kind of like scientifically proven that, you know, people, when they're looking at what best is, um, it's defined in the best image of themselves often. So as a result of that, if you have white men of a certain demographic um, who are doing the recruiting, then guess what? You're going to get a lot of the similar types of people. Yeah. Um, in terms of when we're looking at what best is, uh, how do we define that? My definition of best will be different, different to your definition of best, maybe. Will be different to the definition of the white woman who's disabled, will be different to the British Asian guy who's LGBT. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. in terms of how we determine what best is, is is really interesting and why does that relate to your question it's kind of like well you know in terms of being given things we know we're all learning things no one's being given anything there is no black person that sits in the sports media right now who was given that they have earned that and they have existed within an industry uh, where they are underrepresented they have walked into rooms where they are the different person and treated differently um, without people knowing because it's not always intentional so to survive that and to go and to thrive in that you have to be a bloody special person to do yeah. that so you know what I would say to anyone who has a feeling of am I only here because I'm black am I only here because I'm a woman know that you're there because you're contributing something different and needed to make that team perform in a better way this is a business thing like a lot of the time, you know, in, my, in the past, I've sat around tables and gone, oh, God, I don't really understand some of this and I'm not sure about that. And then five minutes later, somebody's made the point that's in my head, but I didn't have the confidence to make it. And then I make a point and everyone's like looking at me like I'm a genius, but it's because <laughs> I'm coming from a different lens, a different perspective. So, of course, they're not thinking the same way that I'm thinking. They didn't grow up where I grew up. They haven't experienced what I've experienced. They haven't got the same thoughts and ideas. And that's the beauty of a diverse group of people sat around the table. That because you've got all those different ideas and thoughts, that you're knocking them about between each other. So you find the best thing that fits the problem that you're trying to solve. And that mm -hmm. really is what diversity is. So while I understand there's a narrative that exists in society at the moment of, oh, this diversity stuff, or oh, we're giving people jobs because of their color of their skin or their gender or whatever, um, actually, please understand that this is completely about the best team, the best performance, and you being the best candidate for the role. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't like anyone out there to think that they're being given something and that feels wrong. Know that you are the cog that exists. I always use the football analogy. Imagine you had a football team, everyone played with their left foot and everyone was a defender. That's a pretty mm -hmm. rubbish thing. Yeah. <laughs> you need a striker with a bit of pace. You need a number 10 with a little bit of skill. You need someone in the middle of the park to work hard. You need someone at the back who can bring the ball out, someone who's going to smash people, someone who's going to have a long ball. So you need all these different components for a team to work. That mm. is what diversity is. At the moment, we have a lot of left-footed defenders. 
Mm. That's very strong. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a nice way to think about it. How do you go from turning a dream into reality? Well, in terms of turning a dream into reality, you've got to have a dream first. You've got to be able to have something within you um, where you have a vision of something that you really want to create. And then from having that vision, you've got to understand and do the work around, does this already exist? Um, if it exists, is it being done and executed well? Um, are there any other areas around this? Because if this is being done and done well, you don't need to do it again, or maybe you do, I don't know, you need to explore that. Um, but it all starts with having that vision and doing your due diligence in terms of exploring, you know, whether it's feasible for you to turn something um, from that vision um, into something very practical that you're going to be able to begin to deliver. Um, the second yeah. element is not having a vision that, um, or having a realistic timeline on how you deliver that vision. What that means is, you know, if you're looking at a vision that has a leap like that, um, can you deliver that in in year one, for example? Or is it more important to just do a small step in year one because it means you've achieved something and it means off the back of achieving something, you can then build the bricks on that to get to a bigger place than that first initial vision that you had. Have realistic expectations of what you can do and take big wins from delivering on those small jumps. That's really, really important. Um, and then, you know, keep building, build build things around you, use your network um, and understand that, you know, what you're doing um, is something that people will be watching and your credibility will then be going that way by delivering and then things can get easier. And while the mm. vision gets bigger, often it's that first jump that's the bit that's the hardest because that's yeah. when you're maybe an unknown um, and you're going into a new area. So have have the confidence with that first step, but have the vision. Without the vision, without doing the due diligence, you know, it'll become a discussion that you're having with your mates um, for years and years to come. Um, that just gets to the point that you're never going to deliver it because you've talked about it for too long um, and, it's, and somebody else has done it, which is the worst thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, believe in yourself and go for that first small jump. Yeah, and you said that um, one of the reasons why people don't actually um, achieve their dream is due to like fear of failure. So, um, can you just let me know a bit more about that? Fear of failure is a massive thing um, because people worry so much about how they will be judged by the outside world. Um, because people worry so much about what failure could mean in terms of how it impacts them and again their perception they don't try so then you know it's an idea that was you know never there in the first but well that, that we'll never ever see um so i think this is a very natural and normal way to think um but unless you get over that you're not going to deliver in any areas of your life you know because we need to we need to experience failure to learn we shouldn't be worried um, about those failures. They happen to absolutely everybody. There's nobody who can be named um, as a success who hasn't been through failure. And they've learned through those failures and the ability to have the resilience to bounce back and have um, you know, the self-belief to go again. Um, and then they deliver 
and then people soon forget you know that thing that went a little bit wrong the mic that didn't work at your event or whatever it's not that important what's mm. important is giving it a go and then understanding re evaluating what, what went wrong learning from that and pushing on again you know that's what leaders do leaders go again and again and again and again and when they look tired and done they come again that's the impressive thing that's why people follow mm. all right thank you thank you thank you don't want to take up too much of your time so yeah final words of encouragement for your brothers and sisters to my brothers and sisters out there to anybody listening um first of all thank you for giving me your time because you've spent time listening to me and time is the most valuable thing that you will have in your life um hopefully some of the messaging that i've kind of delivered here hits home with you um, and the main thing I want you to take away is to have self-belief, be resilient, shake off a fear of failure, and put everything into that vision. Because trust me, once you get delivering those small jumps and they end up being a massive leap, you're going to feel great and you're going to look back at your journey and you're going to be sat here talking about it, inspiring the next generation that follows you. And we need that. We need that so just go for it oh, thank you and my final words to you is just keep shining keep elevating like honestly happy to see what you're doing and just wanting to keep growing man and just doing more for yourself your community everything that you have desired in your heart because like it's just inspirational for me to see and for others to see like you're really just changing the game and so when we see you winning we win too so honestly just keep doing whatever it is that you have in your heart to do and we're all beside you like we honestly feel like you're gonna do well so just keep up thanks dan right. um we rise together that's my motto yeah. we rise together